You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. to look at, or rather we continue to look at the events after the resurrection and we focused on belief and we saw why it was so important as believers that we really believe. Why? Because if we do not walk, if we do not get into that place of belief, we will live a life that is short of what God intends. John told us that he wrote the things that he wrote so that we might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing we may have life. Praise the Lord. So if we don't believe, it means we don't have life. Now that life is not being alive. Dogs are alive. Bees are alive. Birds are alive. Cats are alive. It's the life that God created for you. And that life is the Zoe life. Praise the Lord. So anytime we get it right, what happens is that peace becomes our experience. We enter into a state of peace. Praise the Lord. And in that state of peace, what happens is that righteousness becomes the outcome. Because we learn that the reason we compromise, the reason we, we sin is because we panic. Because we think there is no way out. Because we are desperate. So the Bible says, do not fret. Do not panic. Why? It only causes harm. It cannot bring anything good. No matter what has happened, panic cannot make it better. Fretting cannot make it better. The only step in the right direction is to calm down, put your faith in God. Like the scripture they put for us, it says, do not be afraid. Our Lord Jesus speaking to Jared, do not be afraid. What? Only believe. Praise the Lord. And we saw how that account ended. He had his daughter raised back to life. So no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation we find ourselves in, we must tell ourselves, be anxious for what? Nothing. They didn't say be anxious for one or two. If it concerns this, be anxious. But this one, you don't bother being anxious. It says be anxious for not one thing. That's what nothing means. Not a thing. Okay? So what do we do? We turn our focus, our gaze on God. Okay? So this morning, we are going to try and, you know, move forward and see how the Spirit of God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke 22, verse 7 to 22. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare the Passover for us that we may eat. So they said to him, where do you want us to prepare? And he said to them, behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, the teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large furnished upper room there make ready. So they went and found it just as he had said to them, and they prepared the Passover. Verse 14, when the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with father and desire, I desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take, eat, take this and divide it among yourselves. Sorry. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Praise God. 20 says, likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me on the table. And truly, the Son of Man goes as it has been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is 
betrayed. Okay? So we see here the institution of the Lord's Supper. And we see what our Lord Jesus Christ said to them. Where he says, this is my body, verse 19, which is given for you. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Praise God. Do this in remembrance of me. And in 1 Corinthians 11, 25 and 25, it was also added. It says, for as long as you eat this, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the communion is instituted so that we remember him. Okay? That is clear. Praise the Lord. That's what it says. Say, do this in remembrance. When you read something, find out why they said it. So we eat and we drink so that we remember him. Is that clear from the scripture? Okay. And in 1 Corinthians 11, 25 and 25. 25 says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. Go down, please. Thank you. It says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, what do you do? He says, You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Praise the Lord. Can we see the message from 23 to 26? He said, Let me go over... Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the master himself and passed them on to you. The master Jesus on the night of his betrayal took bread. Having given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this to remember me. Okay, do this to what? To remember me. So we eat of it to remember him. I know we, when we come to the Lord's Supper, many times people take it. When they are sick, they take it and different things. Very good. But it says, do this to what? To remember me. So we do it to remember him. We're going somewhere. 25. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, what do you do again? You remember me. So there is something he's saying to us. 26 says, what you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, what do you do? You reenact in your words and actions the death of the master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. You must never let familiarity breed contempt. And we say what? Amen. We will never let familiarity breed contempt. So my prayer and my desire is that this day, as we partake of the communion, that we will remember him. Amen. We will not just remember him, but if they put something there, it says you reenact in your words and actions the death of the master, and then you will be drawn back until he returns. So he's giving us a frame from his death which was not just for dying, but he rose again, praise the Lord. And he says, till he what? Till he returns. So we're in the middle of somewhere. Somebody say we're in the middle of somewhere. That's what the communion tells us. The journey has not finished. The journey has begun, but it has not what? Finished. Tell, tell yourself, don't tell somebody. Tell somebody the journey has begun, but it is, it's, it's not finished at all. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come with me to Luke 24. Luke 24, 13, it says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned. Notice what were they doing? They were conversing and what? Reasoning. That Jesus drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are what? And are sad. Then one, the one whose name was Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So he said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and crucified him. 21. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today 
It's the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. 25. Then Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in what? In all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. You see, we are to remember him. And he says, we do this remembrance until what? He comes. Now we see a people here and we see the scripture give us a classic statement. Verse 17 says, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another? You have with one another as you walk and as sad. Now what is happening here is this. So what the Bible is saying to us here is this. There is the type of conversation that you have to make you sad. Am I right? Now, if we are Nigerians here, most times it's like a default position. Once you begin to talk about the events in Nigeria, what happens to everybody? Everybody becomes downcast, okay? Because we are conversing about the issues of our beloved country, which is no, there is nothing good, you know, happening in our country, okay? But we see what is happening here. Our Lord and Savior said to them, he said, this thing you're doing it's, you know, he didn't address that immediately, but he addressed what they believe. He says, oh, verse 25, says, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in how many things? In all that the prophets have spoken. Now, let's see what is happening here. Let's come back to what they said. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, what things? And this is what they said to him. Okay. They said, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was what? So to them, Jesus was what? A prophet. Good. What else? Mighty in what? So he worked mighty miracles, right? And in what also? Word. Before God and what? All. So they acknowledge his power. They acknowledge his anointing. They acknowledge the grace that he carried. But what began to happen here is this. 20 says, how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Full stop. And they said, 21, they were what? Hoping. That's where their sadness came. Because their hope now seemed like it was unrealizable. Are you with me? So they saw him. He walked wonders. He raised Lazarus. There were witnesses to that. He multiplied loaves. He fed the multitude. He walked on water. He did all manner of miracles. They saw all of that. But their problem, their past, the past was okay. Their problem was that the present now, they have crucified him. And they were hoping that he would not be crucified. That's the problem. They were not, they didn't have any belief that after crucifixion, he would do what? He will rise again. So the moment crucifixion took place, their hope was destroyed. And that's why Lord Jesus Christ said to them, why didn't you believe in all? Why did you believe in some? Now, take an example now. I give you the address of my house, okay? And there's a word in that address you don't like. You knock it off. Will you ever find my house? You don't like the number nine. It reminds you of F9 that you had in one course. So I tell you, I live in 1799 Adetokumba Demola Road. And you say, Pastor, you live in 17 Adetokumba Demola Road because I don't like 99. Then you start coming to my house. Where are you going to find yourself? Military zone. <laughs> you won't find my house. You know why? You did not believe what? In all. And that is the challenge many of us have. We believe in some. You see, not, that's what Lord Jesus Christ said to us. He says, it's better you're cold. Because, you see, when you're cold, you're a victim. We're trying to witness to you. You're amongst us that the Bible says, those who dwelt in darkness. To them what? A great light has shone. We want to bring you. But when you know, have a bit of light, right? But you're not 
embracing the entirety of the light. Remember, Jesus sat this people down and says, Who do men say that I am? And they said all kinds of things. And then Peter said, You are the Christ, what? The Son of the living God. So, prophet, yes, all of that, yes. But who am I? I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. And several times he told them, This Christ, there's a pattern. There's what is written concerning this Christ. And what is it that was written? He told them here. He says, verse 26, Ought not the Christ to have what? Suffered these things and what? To enter into his glory. Okay, so the moment that part was introduced, they did not believe it. And because they did not believe it, they got lost at that point. And from that point, they became sad. Now, if you read the account, you know, I've been looking at this account of the resurrection. You see that the weight of the hardness of heart was so strong that the women saw him and came and told the disciples. And they said, no, we will not believe you. Another account said, the women saw and came and said, they said, it's idle tales. Now, what interest would those women, I, I wonder what did they judge those women to be? If not that their hearts had been hardened. Why? Because they saw the crucifixion. Like we said of Peter, when Peter saw them slap Jesus and the hands remained. They saw them spit on Jesus and the people were still alive. They saw them put a crown of thorns on Jesus' head and nothing happened. When he saw all of that, he said, this no be Jesus. Are you with me? So when these people saw the crucifixion, something happened to them. But it wasn't supposed to be that if they believed that this crucifixion was a step in the direction of what God had written. This morning, I want to bring us to meditate on something. And uh, I don't know if we'll have time to do, do you know, justice to it, but however the Lord will help us, we'll, we'll start with it. We, as human beings, and the, the time that we live in, we have confidence in science. No doubt. Praise God. Is there anybody here that doesn't have confidence in science? Don't be afraid. I have confidence in science. I'm using a microphone. It's scientific, isn't it? I have a phone. I, have, I ask you, well, give me your phone number, and I call you. I, we have confidence in science. And the background of science is mathematics. And uh, mathematics and laws of the physical world. And what happens with it is this. People study and study and study. And because they can know that 2 plus 2 will give you what? Praise the Lord. Okay? So 2 plus 2 will give you 4. 4 times 4 will give you 16. So they know that if they add this, add this, they can get a predictable outcome. Am I right? So the confidence in science or confidence of science is based on predictability of an outcome. Okay, so when science says something, they're saying that based on the laws they have and based on the application of mathematics of those laws, they can predict an outcome. And because of that, you and I will enter a plane here and stay on air for 14 hours flying from here to maybe um, uh, LA or, or China or 18 hours and all of that. People are going to the moon because a, a calculation can be made that will tell us that this will be the outcome. Praise the Lord. So, by all means, don't, don't be worried. I'm, I agree with science. Are you with me? But what I just want to introduce to us here, I don't know how we're going to do, how far we're going to go on it, is the superiority of your faith, okay, to science and to every other thing. It's not impredictability. Science is powerful because of the predictability, right? You know the superiority of our faith? The superiority of our faith is that it's not predicted. Hallelujah. It's not predicted. You know what it is? It was there before. Hallelujah. I pray somebody will get what I'm talking about. You see, science says A plus B will bring this. Okay? But our faith talks about what was before the foundation of the earth. So before there is a two, they tell you all things being equal. It's all those things being equal that are the foundation of our faith. Long before there was any mathematics, there was God. Are you with me? So we don't quarrel with science. Science is a product, is building, is standing on God's word. It, it's the order God sets in his word that makes science possible. 
It's because God created a world of order that makes scientific advancement possible. But now the God that created the world of order is not constrained by the world of order. He still remains outside. Is someone with me? So when we say 2 plus 2, the way we're taught mathematics, if you have a little child in the house, we'll say, if I give you two oranges and you have two oranges, how many will you have? Four oranges. But what if the person you're giving two oranges, we have already packed a basket of oranges behind him. So he has two in his hands and you give him two. That's four, Abby. But already there was what? A basket of 1,000 oranges. So how many oranges does Mary have? It depends on what was put there before you gave him the two. Is somebody hearing me? So we can say science, but science has its limitations. It is building on what is. So when you become a Christian, there is something you must do. That's why the Bible says to be born again, you must believe that Jesus Christ what died for you. You must believe that he's the son of God. You must believe that he rose again from the dead. Now, Jesus Christ died for us in time 2,000 years ago. But the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ was crucified from before the foundations of the earth. The people of faith go back to before there was time. So faith people live their lives downloading what is above into their season. Is someone we made this morning. So science is wonderful. So science can start from now and walk towards tomorrow. But it's no match. It's like saying say a prefix match. It's no match to God who was there before and then who will be there after. So when they tell us, as long as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death, they're saying when you partake of the communion, remind yourself that you're involved in something before that started from before the foundations of the earth. And then they say, till he comes, because when he comes, he's going to roll up this earth. A time is going to come when the laws of science won't work. So we predate science and we postdate science. We start before it started. Are you with me? And then we finish after it has finished. So that is why Jesus could look at the Jews. And you know, they were arguing with him, arguing with him. After some time, he couldn't hold it anymore. He said to them, this Abraham you're talking about. Before Abraham was, I am. They went crazy. That's when I knew I was old. They say, you're not yet 50. I'm 50. So 50 is old. They say you're not yet 50 and you have seen Abraham. They didn't understand. They were looking at the Jesus who grew, you know, in Mary and Joseph's house. But they did not know that the one they were talking to was God. In the beginning was the world. The world was with God and the world was God. The one they were talking to predated their creation. But you see, in the event and the work of God, he was introduced into creation. So you can decide to live life interacting with God as the God who is in time. But if your eyes are open and you see the God who created time, that's where you begin to have faith. Hallelujah. Does anybody have anything in a satchel here? Like a Milo or something, uh, just something in a satchel. Anybody? So I want to show us something. I, I don't know if that will help us, but let, let's see how it goes. Wipes, thank you. Okay. You see, when things like this are made, okay, um, plastic, casings, and all of that, the maker creates, after he has done it, he puts little marks in a particular area. What it does is to create a weakness in that same substance, Okay. So there's a part of it that from the time it was being made, it was intended that here it would be easy to tear. So that you tear it from there doesn't mean that this thing is that weak. It is that the person who made it created that weakness. Now that person was planned it before he brought out this product. Now when you come to God, he has finished his word, but he has put some things in his word that make alters the physical configuration of that word. Why? Because he did it before the foundation. That's why he could say to Joshua, the way we'll bring down the walls of Jericho, listen to me Joshua, you will not hammer on the wall. 
When I made this place, I created a fault line. March round it seven times and shout. When you shout, I put something on that, it will fall. When they got before the rest, they say, just stretch your rod. God did not go and create the road then. When he was making Red Sea, he created the road. The Bible said his way was in the sea. He didn't make a way. It was there before the sea. Science tells us the sea. Faith tells us who made it and what he planned for it. Some people still don't get me and it's all right. What I'm saying, sir, is that if you give me 5,000 naira, I should have 5,000, Abby. But what if before you gave me 5,000, this man who sent me out gave me 5 million. So he said, this man, I just gave you 5,000. He has 5,000. You don't know what I came out with. Are you with me? You don't know what I came out with. Science can say from now on, this is one, this is two, this is three. But somebody has put a weight for those of us who did statistics. So they said, if this is one, one, uh, one X, X is whatever to power something. This one, it changes the entire configuration. I just want us to see what the Bible is saying all the while. Because I was asking the Lord, I said, what is going on here? Now, someone come with me to Romans 8. Romans 8, 28. So you begin to understand some things in the scripture. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that what happens? That all things work together for good to those who love God and what? Are the called according to his purpose. Okay? You know, we claim that and I pray we'll get the understanding. Now, this is why it is like that. 29. 29 says, For whom he did what? He foreknew. He also what? Predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, that Jesus might be the firstborn. So, moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. <laughs> whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Can you, can you put 29 and 30 together for us? Let, let's see what is going on here now. The Spirit of God is saying, we know that all things work together for good. For those who love God and that the called according to his purpose. How can that be? It can be that because before you started projecting in time, there was a plan. You can call it match fixing or life fixing. Is someone with me? There, there are some things have been done in the underground. And then they covered it and it looked like a level playing ground. Okay. And then he said, when he did all of that, he foreknew some people. So he said, this is the path you're going to travel. This is the path you're going to travel. He foreknew. And when he foreknew, he did something. What did he do? He predestined. That means this is the, you know, destination you're going to arrive at. So foreknow is what? From before anything. Predestination is what? After everything. Are you with me? So there's a foreknowing. You have not started the race. I say you're the winner because you're my son. So you're predestined to be innocent at this end. Are you with me? So there's foreknowing and there's what? Predestination. Praise God. Now it says that it says what? To be conformed to the image of his son. Now, Tati says, moreover, whom he predestined, what did he now do? So this predestination he did, I didn't know about it. You didn't know about it. We didn't know about it. The only time we get involved is when he calls me. Are you with me? So, in all of that that is happening, the part of it, predestination is before time. For knowing is before, sorry, predestination is after time. For knowing is before time. The only time you and I know what they will discuss in the heavens is when the call comes. And then the Bible says, many are called, but what? So the call can come and you refuse it. And then you live your life aimlessly. You live your life uselessly. Or the call can even come and you accept it and walk waywardly. And walk shrewdly. Just like many people are walking. So you become a Christian. But you don't stand firm to the things the Christian should believe. When you do that, remember the predestination says predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. It's a Christianity and holiness or morality cannot be divorced. Are you with me? There is nobody who has seen Christ 
who will not be pushing to a high moral standard. Call it legalism, call it logalism, call it mosakata, whatever. Call it, you see, there is a confirmation. The Bible says of Christ, it's not, it's not EFCC that examine him. It's not ICPC that examined him. It's not in-laws that examined him. It's not bloggers that examined him. The devil examined him and found what? Nothing. If you're going to be conformed to the image of Christ, I beg, know that high level, beyond the level, the, the Bible says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees. And let me tell you, the Pharisees were not, their problem was not morality. Their problem was pride. That was their highest problem. So it says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you will by no means enter. So let nobody begin to tell you. Why? Because there's a predestination. The people have told us that the people who are going to enter heaven are going to bear, you know, a similitude of Jesus. You're going to look like Jesus for the doors of heaven to open for you. So predestined to be conformed to the image. So there is foreknowing before time, predestination at the end of time. In the middle, there is call. And that call says, God calls you. And then inside of your spirit, you begin to have a witness. God wants to do this with me. God says, do this. God says, do this. And as you do that, you enter into a journey. He will not tell you everything, but daily as you follow him. What is going to begin to happen is that you're going to be seeing your life going in directions and you look back. Every time you look back, you're seeing that ah, something is happening in my life. So that job that I didn't get, that promotion they didn't give me, that infirmity that was supposed to come upon me, this and this and that, you begin to see that all things are now what? Working for your good. Why? Because there is a place the Father created for you already. You're like the tree trunk. That the cover has brought out. And everything he's cutting out is to bring forth an image he had in his mind. Are you with me? Now faith is to set an anchor on what was before. Because you see, what was before, nothing today can change it. I had wanted to write, this thing we said, I wanted to write the superiority of our faith is in fact not predictability but in history. But that won't catch it. Praise God. It's not enough word. So the, all I could get from the Holy Spirit was that it was, it is, and it shall be. You see, it is a foundation. I'll show you one or two scriptures. And we see. The Bible was clear to tell us some things about the foundation of the word. John 17, 24. Help me, please. Our Lord Jesus Christ speaking here. He says, Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you love me when? Before the foundation, God things were existing before even the world was talked about. Praise the Lord. Before the foundation of the world. Now, another thing happened before. Ephesians 1.4. This is what also happened before. It said, just as he chose us in him. When? Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. When did he make that decision? We were not made then. Praise the Lord. We were not made. That's why he said to Jeremiah. He said, Jerry, say not I'm a kid. Why? Because before he even became a kid, I knew thee. I ordained you to be what? A prophet. So, he said, he chose us in him before. Now, now, praise the Lord. Imagine you come to an organization and you're reading, you're, you're reading, you go, maybe you're waiting for somebody at the reception. And you're reading the names of top, you know, top performers in the organization. You came for an interview in this organization. And you're reading the name of top performers in this organization. And you see your name there. You haven't started a job there. Eh? And you see your name, praise the Lord. And you look at the list. <laughs> My name is there. Best, you know, staff for the year 2024. I haven't started working there. But you see your name there. If you now step into the interview, are you going to be shaking? What are you going to do? You say, how do we move this company forward? Isn't that what you're going to say? You know what has happened? You have had faith now. You didn't have faith because of what is going to happen in the interview. You had faith because of what you know has happened. Faith is confidence in what God has done before. Brought into my decision making now. 
If I don't know that, I'll be shaking. I'll be panicking. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ said to them, when he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. And he slept. You and I know that that was a trick. He wasn't really sleeping. And he slept. And then the wave started entering. The Bible says the water, you know the Holy Spirit has mercy. He gives us secret. The water was almost filling the boat. Where was he sleeping? In water. Uh, even laborers know if he sleep for that kind of place. You know laborers can sleep in awkward positions. You can see laborers lean on the wall and he's dozing. Okay? So Jesus couldn't have been sleeping with all that water. But he has said something to them. And he expected them to do, behave, have conversation, have an attitude like they are already were on the other side. That's what faith is. Faith is not predictable. It's not, I, I'm going to, no. Faith, the, the Hebrews 1 says, now faith is what? The evidence of things what? Substance of things what? It's in the past. It's in the past. It's considered done. So when he woke up in the middle of the storm, he said to them, what is wrong with you? He rebuked them for their unbelief. Why? Because I said we are on the other side. How can that be reversed? Do I have a Christian here? So when we partake, he said we partake of his broken body. By his death, everything his death was to provide has been finished. He's not about to die. And the Bible says, had they known, they would have kept him from dying. But unfortunately, they didn't keep him from dying. Because if they didn't kill him, if they didn't crucify him, we can't claim healing. We can't claim deliverance. We can't claim forgiveness. We can't claim reconciliation. If they didn't, but unfortunately, they have done. So why will I now standing in the knowledge of something he did finished? Now fear. Before, First Peter 1.20 please. It says, he indeed, this will help us understand what we're saying. It says, he indeed was what? For ordained when? Before the foundation of the world. Watch it now. This is that one that we talked about, you know, for knowing. He was foreordained before the foundation of them. But what happened? But was now what? Manifest in these last times. So the thing has been concluded. Okay? But the movie was downloaded in this time. It wasn't then that Jesus died. He had been settled that he was dead for us. Is someone following me? Now, this understanding... <laughs> It's going to help you because faith is simply saying it's not manifest, but it has been done. It has been done. For ordained before, but was manifest now. So science will work to do, which is great. But God has done. So as we believe God, what we do is that we bring in a manifestation. Now, in the same way as we don't believe him, we also end the other side, the wrath of God. That's why the world we are in now, you know, some people point at God, some people insult God, some people claim all kinds of things. You know, I, I, I've seen a video, a few of us may have seen the video, in, 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 I think it was either in Canada or US, where some youths were actually going about trying to preach Satan to people. Any of us ever seen that video before? You know, so all kinds of people can claim, people can insult God and do all kinds of things. You know why? Because the time for the manifestation of God's wrath hasn't come so that explains everything so we're still in between that period of what before and after in this season every man makes a choice every person decides every person is ruling and reigning like a god over his life so you can see people behave anywhere speak anyhow talk anyhow you know challenge any person dare any person you know all kinds of crazy things that we're seeing in the world and it's as though the creator of the universe has retired no he hasn't retired he is before and he's after he's alpha he's omega he's first and he's last he's beginning and he's what he's the end now wisdom is to know who is the beginning and to know who is the end folly is to think that because he's not intervening now you're free is someone hearing me because some people think i'm getting away with it means it's okay no you're getting away with it means that time is coming nobody plays tricks on god 
Nobody. Even your body can't even play tricks on you. You know, they say about what weight, uh, weight watching. They say you can be eating, eating. You won't see the weight immediately. You think you're getting away with it. After three weeks, you now jump on the scale. You say, what happened? It's the apple of three weeks ago. He has finally decided to manifest. He was there all the while, but he didn't manifest. <laughs> he has now decided to come out very well. Okay? You didn't get away from it. You, we don't get away from anything. So he says, can you give us that particular passage in the message, please, or the Living Bible? I think they captured it. He said, and this was no, talking about allergies, and this was no afterthought, even though it has only lately, at the end of the ages, become what? Public knowledge. Child of God, my dealing, your dealings with God had been finished. So that's why we're being enjoyed. When we come to communion, we remember in spite of what we're going through, in spite of our current situation, in spite of our current circumstance, it cannot cancel, it cannot uncrucify the crucifixion. He has died for me. Hallelujah, somebody. Now let me show you another one. So these are things that happened before the foundation. Let me show you a few things now that happened from Hebrews 4. Okay, let's do Matthew 25. So Matthew 25, 34, please. We'll, go, we'll do Hebrews 4 last. Matthew 25, 34. At the end, this is what he's going to say. This is the parable of the talent. He said, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father. What are you going to do? He said, inherit the kingdom, what? Prepared for you when? From the foundation. Now, notice the other one was before. Now, this is from the foundation. Inherit the kingdom which was prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So, the reward of the Christian is not something that can be stolen now. It has been prepared when? From the, when God set his word, he said, this is how you think. This is how I'm going to reward. This is how I'm going to honor. Now, let, let's go to the other one now, Hebrews 4. We're going to see the part that will interest you and I. Hebrews 4, let's look at it from verse 1. Thank you. 1 to 3. It says, therefore, since the promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who had it three it says for we who have believed do enter that rest okay as he has said so i swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest now look at the last statement read it everybody although the works were what finished from the foundation of the world what is god saying here God is saying that I had already prepared your rest. It was prepared. But you see, if you don't believe, it will seem as if it wasn't prepared. NLT or the Living Bible. Okay, thank you. It says, for only we who believe can what? Can enter this rest. Why? Because the rest was made only for those. No. It says, as far as God said, in my anger I took a note, they will never enter my place of rest. Even though, what happened? This rest had been ready when? Since he made the world. Child of God, I'm trying to get you to see that faith is not about what is happening now. Faith is that he has done it. People of faith don't say to God, show me. They say to God, I have seen. The Bible says, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. The Bible says, Moses, he endured as seeing him who was invisible. He said, these heroes of faith, these people, they looked for a city. They, they saw a city. They said they were looking for that city whose builder and maker is God. Why? They had seen it. And when they see the things of this world, they say, this is not it. Praise the Lord. So it says, even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. Can we look at the living Bible? Amplified, any of them? Okay, this is amplified. Let's read Amplified. Everybody, let's read it together. For only we who believe God can enter into his place of rest. He has said, I've sworn in my anger that those who don't believe me will never what? Get it. Even though he has been ready and waiting for them. You see? He's not about to make it. So the only thing he's doing now is closing the door. Because of unbelief. The door will not be closed against you. In the name of Jesus. 
Your faith will open it. Your faith will enter into that rest. Let's look at Amplify before we go on. It says, for we who have believed, adhered to and trusted in and relied on God to enter that rest in accordance with his declaration that those who did not believe should not enter when he said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. And this he said, although his works had been completed and prepared and waiting Waiting for who? All who would what? So my believing is not going to get God to walk. My believing is going to enter into what God had walked. And the, the way I'm going to get it is that I see he has already walked it. When Jesus died on the cross, before he took his last breath, what did he say? It is finished. Now, to the extent you believe, you enter. So, I don't look forward to it. I look back, and because of what he has done, I go forth in confidence. I look back, I see what he has done, and I do what? I go forth in assurance, knowing whom I have what? Believed. Being fully persuaded that he who did that, the benefit, the outflow, the result of what he did, I'm going to experience it as I do, as I go forward. And then when you now come and add the predestination, then you can get to the place where you know that your tomorrow is settled. Hallelujah, somebody. This is what faith is. So when we come to the communion, it says, remember my death and remember I'm coming back. We proclaim the Lord's death and we proclaim his coming back. We proclaim the Lord's death and we proclaim his coming back. He died for me, he's coming for me. He died for me, he's coming for me. Devil, do your worst. He's already regretting the first one he did. He's going to continue to regret. Why? Because all things will continually work for the good of those who, what? who love God. And are the called according to his purpose. There is nothing the enemy can bring against the child of God that will bring him down. The way it works is this. It's very simple. Take a ball, you know, uh, uh, these plastic balls that children use. And put it on a big bowl of water. Whatever effort you make to push it down is waste of your time. The higher force you use to push it down, the higher force you use is what? To bounce up. Why? Because that is the composition. There is air in the ball that cannot be swallowed by water. The work of Christ in you, the devil can't cover it. Are you getting it? But fear will cover it. And fear is blindness to what he has done. That's why Jesus, you see, he expressed emotions in two ways. One was excitement. He marveled, I've not seen such great faith. The other one was disappointment. He said, why? Why you serve little faith? Only the area of faith. Because imagine you're telling me, was it last Sunday or two Sundays ago? I was telling us about the lady, the, um, what do we call those ladies? Seers or familiar spirit lady that, you know, I used to go to. See her. Well, see her is prophet, but it's okay. Familiar spirit. So you go to all these type of people. You know what they do? The devil is a foul keeper. The devil is a very good intelligence officer. Okay? So he records, he has records of what your great, great father. He knows what killed your great, great father. Great, great grandfather. If it's alcohol that killed him. If it's pursuing woman. If it's uh, stealing. He has all the records and he knows the probability of what is going to destroy so he knows everything. So the woman can tell me the food I ate for breakfast. The familiar spirit can tell you your phone number because NCC has your phone number. Your phone number is on, a, what's that software that gives a number? True caller. So the devil is a good record keeper. He can do all of that. But there is something the devil cannot do. He cannot see the future God has for you. If he had known the future God had for Joseph, he won't send him to prison. When they try to put Joseph in prison, he say, no, Potiphar, leave him, leave him. Potiphar, leave him, leave him. But you see, his ability is restricted because he is not Omega. He is studying what the Alpha has done, but he's shortchanging tomorrow. So many times, believers enter into their glory by the devil trying to afflict them. But it's believers with faith. The true testimony of the believer is that each time you look back, you find on your staff that the devil was working for you. 
He put in a word. When, they, when he said they should sack you, he put in a word for you. Because that sack provoked you to enter into a business that made you a multi-billionaire. You see, that is the true testimony. He's limited. He's not Omega. Neither is he Alpha. But he's a student. So he studies. He knows these are the patterns. He knows these are the areas of likelihood. He knows that your father failed in this area, your brother. That's why if you're here and you come from a family and there are familiar things, the same way the doctor will ask you, what is the history of your family medically? So you say if there is diabetes, they watch for sugar. If there is this, isn't that what they do scientifically? The same way the devil does that spiritually. So if you're from that area and you know that your wife had issues with women, consider castration. Hello? <laughs> consider watching only Nigel. If you're a young lady and, you know, you come from a place where there is, you know, there are children out of wedlock and all of that. Just decide and make science your passion. Study birds. Don't go and be watching romantic movies. And when you finish watching, you just watch it. And then any food that comes around is, I love you. And I love you is not that you love him. You're repeating what they said in the movie. So no, that is what he walks with. He walks with your past. He doesn't know your future. So every time he looks at you, he says, let me hit him from the other side. But the Bible says, all things work together for the good of those who work, who love God. What is loving God? Obeying God. So that scripture, don't read it in a way that confuses you. All things work together for good to those who obey God. Because any step of obedience is an alignment into the predestined part. Just like we saw in the drama. If the man compromised, he will step out of the predestined path. But if he stood, no matter how the fall may appear, the only thing that can happen, because you see, God has created the world and he has decided that the moral fabric of his world will be holiness. That's part of my issue with the church today. We are not, we are not projecting holiness. That's why our world is decaying. That's why we hear of the 10-year-old and we hear of the dog people and all of that. It's a manifestation of the decay of the society. We are not doing our work well. We are busy having seminars on prosperity, seminars on leadership, seminars on all of that. The world doesn't need that from us. What the world needs from us is a standard. These are a holy people. As simple as that. So pastors are now holding seminars, bilonia seminars, make you... Who, who born you? Bilonia what? The first hundred billionaires in the world don't pray. But if you want to learn billionaire, go and learn from those people. Someone collects, you know, small change here. And then wants to teach, teach Christians billionaire. Christians are not in the billionaire business. We're in the soul making business. And the Bible says, what shall a man give in exchange for what? If a man should gain the whole world and lose his soul, he has lost everything. That's a business. So that's why issues of the church are being treated, you know, that's why the world can be arguing, telling us that we should preach divorce. Everything concerning the church is common because the church has gone to touch common things. If we didn't go to their zone, they won't come to our zone. That's why they'll tell us whether we should collect tithe or offering because we also went to their zone. If we never went to their zone, they won't, the, the true church, the people fear you. But when you get into matters that don't concern you, that are not your areas of assignment. What, that's what you're going to get. So they're canceling us. Telling us, please, pastor, you know, people should divorce. And people are arguing, you know, which one is better. Is it polygamy or divorce? I mean, and they're Christians. God forgive me. They, they are not, they, they don't know. They don't know. No, 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 they don't know. He said, the word of God is not negotiated. You can't negotiate the word of God. It doesn't respond to environment. It creates the environment. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were in Babylon and they created a holy environment. There is no place as unholy as that Babylon. But when they entered there, they created an atmosphere of holiness. How do I know, preacher? I know because the Bible says, Daniel said, I will not defile myself. He didn't say I learned 17 principles. It wasn't mystery that he learned. He just learned, don't touch, don't kiss, don't hold, don't look, don't see. He was holy wedge. And God was confirming him. He learned Babylonian language better than the natives. His science teacher, he knew more than him. His art teacher, he knew more than him. Why? Because where there is holiness, God alights. Is someone hearing? That's what Christianity is about. I don't know about you. That's what changed when I became a Christian. 
I understood that somebody owns me. And the basis of holiness is ownership. It's pre-creation. So somebody says, my body. Shut up, it's not your body. Which part of it did you make? Says, my body, I can do anything I like with it. Eh? Okay, can you make the second one? Or besides, tell me how you made this one you have. Nothing is yours. There's an owner of the world. He's the one who before established it. At the end, he's going to ask everybody a question. What did you do? Praise the Lord. Let me show us one more scripture. In Acts, Acts of the Apostles, I'll show you and then we'll, we'll just uh, wrap it up here. Acts chapter 2, verse 24. I'll read from 22 to 24. It says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves already know, also know. He said, Him being delivered by the determined purpose. This is talking about, you know, what we are saying. Delivered by the determined purpose. So this was the plan. And foreknowledge of God, you have taken. This is the one of choice. You have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. 24, let everybody read 24 with me. He said, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Why? He said, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Death should kill him. But from the foundation of the world, he's God. So the Bible says he can only taste death. Let's rise up because somebody, what you're going through, you're only tasting it. It's not your full stop. You are only tasting. It says it was not possible. Why? Because before creation, this is who you are meant to be. Jesus is the reigning king. He is the son of God. He is the land of the tribe of Judah. So death coming on him was a waste of power of death. Death expired his power on nothing. That's why when he finished, the Bible says, Oh, death, where is your sting? Death all of a sudden lost his sting. Why? Because he tried to hold who he couldn't hold. So now, when you call the name of Jesus, death loses his power. I had some, you know, dream. I can't remember the other day. And I, I, it was a terrible struggle. But I knew that as I should call the blood of Jesus, everything was changing. It was working in my favor. It was a strong struggle, but I'll just say the blood of Jesus. And I see my enemy getting weaker. I say the name of Jesus. I come again. I see my enemy getting weaker. I know why. Because before the foundations of the earth, they had sport principalities and powers and made a public spectacle of him. And he has given me that name. Do you have that name? Do you have the name of Jesus? Then I come to announce to you that you must have faith. Because he's not about to do something. He did it then. And if you have faith, you claim it today. You enter into it today. You boast in it today. You rejoice in it today. You celebrate in it today. You plan towards it today. You cast away fear because of it today. Why? Because Jesus has won the victory. He said, remember. Remember me. Hallelujah. Remember me. Remember Jesus. So I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to get your minds together. I want you to step out of this place. Not the same person that came in here. I want you to step out having a stability and assurance of faith that God, your God, is more than able. God, your God, is more than reliable. God, your God, is greater. Our sister sang something more than good. This is something more than science. God is greater than science Much more than science You know, one of the things that came to my mind As I was preparing this You know, like I said I think I don't do a lot of football But I noticed, Pastor Lord That whenever you're watching a lot of these international matches Even local matches The commentator is going to tell you that When Germany played France in 1942 When they played away France played 2-1 When they played at home France played this. And they'll keep analyzing it. And based on that analysis, they can almost tell you what is going to happen in the mind. The thing is always so strong that they do it. Now, do you know that when you become a Christian, the match that was played last time, it was one match that was played. Jesus won that match. And ever since then, any time the name of Jesus is called, he has won the match. Can you tell your situation that the match that is ahead of me, let's look at the match statistics. Or the, is it match statistics or match history? Match history. Let's look at it. 2,000 years ago, Jesus won. 
Before the foundations of the earth, Jesus won. In Joseph's life, Jesus won. In Daniel's life, Jesus won. In Mary's life, Jesus won. How about which life? Even in my own life, yesterday, Jesus won. Today, Jesus won. I said, Jesus is the winner man. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www that the father's church online.org God bless you